Welcome to CC Partners, the employer's choice. We provide expert legal and strategic advice in all areas of labor and employment law. By working closely with our clients, our experienced team delivers pragmatic, proactive solutions, resolving many issues before they escalate. Get to know us better at ccpartners.ca. Hi there, and welcome to the Lawyers for Employers YouTube channel presented by CC Partners. That's right, we've gone visual, but the audio form of this episode is still available in podcast form on SoundCloud and iTunes. Find us online at www.ccpartners.ca. My name is my name is Mike McClellan, and I'm one of the Lawyers for Employers working with CC Partners, and with me today is Christina Twaino, one of the associate lawyers at the firm. Hi, Christina. Hi, Mike. CC Partners is a law firm exclusively advising and representing employers in all areas of labor and employment law. Our clients are right across Canada. Our main office is in Brampton, Ontario, and we also have satellite offices in Barrie and Sudbury. And of course, we're set up to work remotely. Today, Christina and I are going to be talking about the reason why we're working remotely, COVID-19, some of the challenges facing employers, and some of best practices that we're advising right now. Of course, our regular disclaimer, nothing from this episode constitutes legal advice. And I think the first thing we need to say is that we had a bombshell announcement earlier today that the province of Ontario is going to uh, force non-essential businesses to close. So lesson number one is, uh, I guess, expect the unexpected, be prepared, be adaptable, and be ready to be flexible as well. But Christina, for those, actually what I'll do first is I will give a quick overview of our agenda for this uh, presentation. Here we go. Episode 11 of the Lawyers for Employers podcast and video cast. Our agenda we're going to be looking at some recommended policies for employers, temporary layoffs, government benefits for workers and businesses during this unprecedented and unfortunate time, uh, as well as some job protected leaves of absences that can kind of help bridge the gap between uh, closures and uh, reinstatement of businesses. Um, but maybe, maybe first things first, Christina, why don't you get us started with uh, for those employers who are able to stay open some recommended uh, policies. Absolutely, so I'm sure that the big question on everyone's mind at the moment is, is my business an essential business? Um, we expect that, that for most, but the answer will be no. So for example, grocery stores, pharmacies and the like, we expect to stay open. Uh, and for those employers, it is important to be sure that you are still following best practices, uh, even though you are still open and, and available for business. And what we would recommend is um, if employees can work from home, have them work from home. So for example, you may be uh, a grocery store and you may have the bulk of your employees needing to be present and at work in order to ensure the services uh, is functioning. But there may be some employees who can work remotely and if they can, they should. Uh, we would also say to suspend all remaining business travel that can be suspended. So for example, if you have a, a traveling employee, perhaps a, a regional manager responsible for a number of locations, perhaps have them work from home, uh, call in to each location they would typically visit and, and do their job functions that way to make sure 
for respecting the, the social distancing mandate to the greatest extent possible. And I think what's perhaps most important is that employers are putting together an infectious disease policy that includes things like reporting illness, for example. Uh, if an employee has flu-like symptoms, they should be reporting that. They should get some clear guidance as to who they're reporting to. Uh, and things like if they're in a household with someone who is having symptoms, is that something they should be report be reporting? Um, and I think giving clear guidance to employees will really help streamline the communications, making sure everyone is feeling safe at work and ensure the, the smooth running of the business during these times. Yeah, handling medical information is always a little bit tricky um, and, and probably even more so now. Uh, normally, we wouldn't be entitled to uh, an employee's diagnosis, um, but, but you know these are extraordinary circumstances. I think knowing the nature of uh, a, a person's illness is probably necessary. Remember that as an employer, you have a responsibility under the Occupational Health and Safety Act to take due diligence steps to uh, avoid hazards. That includes injury and illnesses. So I do think it's reasonable in these circumstances to have a policy that says, if you're experiencing the symptoms or you have a positive diagnosis, you have to let us know so we can let uh, your coworkers know if they may be coworkers who are in close contact with you. And that's the guidance we're getting right from public health. But we do have to balance that with the residual privacy rights that employees have if you don't need to tell people in the workplace the name of somebody who has a diagnosis or who has been sick, then don't. If you can limit the, uh, uh, the, the number of people or if you can um, limit who you're telling the information to, uh, do that. Just like I said, be, um, be cautious to be uh, respectful of people's privacy uh, to the degree that you can while still um, upholding your uh, obligations as an employer uh, to keep a, a, a healthy and safe workplace. So let's move on to our next our next slide here, Christina. Temporary layoffs. Um, And I guess what we're going to have to consider is whether what we're dealing with is in fact a layoff situation or maybe something else. Um, the 14 jurisdictions across Canada uh, have uh, some form of employment standards, labor standards, uh, legislation, uh, and many of them do say that a, a, a temporary layoff within the scope of the legislation will not uh, constitute a termination in Ontario a temporary layoff that is uh, no more than 13 weeks in a 20-week period or under certain conditions 35 weeks in a 52-week period uh, is a temporary layoff and therefore not a termination. Um, but you know, as, as listeners of ours know, um, the Employment Standards Act doesn't necessarily govern uh, all em employee relations. And Christina, I mean, can you quickly, why not? What issue do you see coming up here? So the big question I keep getting from my clients is, if we don't have an employment contract that provides for layoff, am I going to run into an issue under the common law where there's a constructive dismissal? And from a common law perspective, that can be a risk, um, especially when you have salaried employees with no history of layoff. 
However, I think we all need to be aware that we're in uncharted waters here uh, and in the circumstances, it seems that, uh, that if a temporary layoff needs to go into effect because of the current pandemic, there will be some reasonableness in assessing that from a common law perspective. And it may be that uh, employers find that they, a frustrating event has occurred and the performance of employment simply can't, uh, can't occur as the contract would have anticipated. Um, additionally, what we've been, we've been thinking among ourselves is that an employee who walks away from employment and claims constructive dismissal in the circumstances uh, will have failed to mitigate their losses, assuming that the employer does recall them at some point once the public health crisis has abated. Yeah, I think that's particularly true in cases where now the government is telling businesses they have to close. I would say that counts as a change in the law, which is the kind of intervening event that would normally give rise to a frustration of contract. But when you're dealing with temporary layoffs, and I guess the benefit to doing that is uh, you know, issuing the ROE with the code A for shortage of work, and then the employees have the opportunity to apply for EI benefits. And there are some new federal benefits that we're gonna talk about shortly. But for employers who work with a collective agreement, there may be uh, a, a push from your union to abide by certain layoff provisions. Uh, my, my feeling is that, again, these are generally not uh, layoffs that are contemplated by a collective agreement. At any rate, I'd like to just kind of put those kind of legal disagreements aside. And the best bet is to enter into a letter of understanding with the union outlining a protocol for a work stoppage um, and whatever you want to call it. You don't even have to call it anything really, but a protocol for work stoppage, what kind of benefits or pay might continue during the work stoppage and a protocol for reinstatement. As long as you have that with your union, uh, along with a some without prejudice statement and an agreement that no uh, discipline and no grievances will follow, you should be able to navigate this, uh, this kind of a situation, um, I think, pretty, um, pretty reasonably. So we touched briefly on the fact that there were new benefits for workers and businesses. Um, employment insurance is, is, of course, going to be quite uh, busy for a little while. Uh, we're hearing reports already that there is a backlog of applications. Um, for uh, workers who are um, going to be losing earnings or, or have an interruption in their earnings, they'll have the ability to apply for EI as they always would have. Um, if they are, uh, if they have an interruption in their earnings because they themselves are ill with COVID-19 symptoms, they may qualify for EI sick benefits and uh, the typical waiting period is going to be waived for those employees. Um, Christina, uh, em employment insurance and other benefits, um, why are those important at a time like this uh, when, when there's going to be a, a reduction in work? And I guess what I'm saying is um, the, the question that I'm all, often getting from employers, do we have to continue to pay wages to our employees when we're closed? So that's a great question. It's one I've been getting a lot myself. 
Uh, and, and I think that's really where employment insurance benefits come into play uh, as an employer and as employees, uh, payments are made into uh, employment insurance in the form of premiums. And this is really the time uh, to reap those benefits. So for example, if there's, uh, if there's a sickness, there's been a waiver of the one week period, but uh, it really when we're looking at a potential, you know, perhaps weeks or months of shutdown, uh, it may be difficult for employers to continue paying employees if they're not able to, to figure out some sort of work from home arrangement, the nature of the business doesn't allow it, and it, it just may not be possible. Uh, so in that case, it's very important to issue an ROE so that employees can access those benefits um, and hopefully be, be on their feet by the time the business is, is back up and running. Yeah, and there are a couple of new types of benefits that the federal government have announced. Those are the emergency care benefit and emergency support benefit. Uh, they are both for uh, workers who would not be able to access EI benefits, and that typically happens when they don't have enough insurable er earnings. And I should say the emergency care benefit and the emergency support benefit uh, are available to uh, workers, including people who are self-employed. The emergency care benefit is designed to give benefits to people who are missing work because they are caring either or either because they have COVID-19 symptoms or they're caring for somebody with COVID-19 symptoms. The emergency support benefit is somebody who's experiencing a reduction or a stoppage of work for reasons related to the COVID-19. And Mike, it's my understanding that those benefits will become available in April, is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And you'll be able to apply for them. I believe you'll be able to apply for them online. Um, so let's switch gears a little bit. Um, not, not necessarily the benefits, but um, what can employees uh, look to for some job protection, Christina? So under the Employment Standards Act, there's a number of job protected leaves that employees could be accessing during this time. Um, some that employers are likely familiar with, such as sick leave and family responsibility leave. But there's also options such as family medical leave, uh, family caregiver leave, and critical illness leave uh, that may not come up as often. That said, I do think what employers are going to be seeing, rather than employees accessing uh, any of those leaves that have some fairly um, specific conditions, for example, family medical leave, is to support a family member suffering from a serious medical condition who is at significant risk of death. So there's some, some stipulations there. I think what we'll see is employees accessing the newly introduced infectious disease emergency leave that was um, implemented by the Ontario government last week. It's available for employees who are unable to work for a number of reasons related to COVID-19. Uh, for example, if an employee is under medical investigation, if they're acting in accordance with the Health Protection and Promotion Act, uh, or if they need to provide care for a person related to COVID-19, and that can be both in terms of uh, caregiving from a health perspective, but also perhaps more commonly, uh, if they need to care for dependents now that these schools and daycares are closed. All right. Uh, so that, I mean, that's a lot of information to take in. Again, I would encourage anybody who wants a, a review of, of all of that to look at our blogs online, www.ccpartners.ca. 
Um, this is a, obviously a challenging and unprecedented time. And like I said, I think businesses have to uh, figure out how to uh, adapt and be flexible. Uh, there will be some uh, benefits available to businesses. Uh, you know, there's small business uh, wage rebates uh, to, to, uh, that some businesses will be able to access. Um, any, any final thoughts, Christina? I think the, the most important thing for employers right now is to just uh, take things one day at a time, be willing to be flexible with employees and with business operations, and really just keep an eye on the news and, of course, on our, uh, on our blogs, which will come out with, with each new update. And as the situation changes, just be ready to, to adapt and respond uh, as we go through this, uh, this period yeah, of we're certainly going to do our best to keep our uh, clients and listeners informed. Uh, follow our website, find us on Twitter at CC Partners Law, follow our page on LinkedIn. If you have any uh, questions or comments, you can leave a comment below. And uh, we will see you on the next episode of the Lawyers for Employers podcast. Thank you very much for watching.